No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. to have your company once again a big hello and welcome to no man should ever walk alone it's all thanks to chemist warehouse the real house of fragrances it is of course the brainchild the love child and the driving motivator and the man behind it of all of that is danny frawley spud good evening good evening jack good evening sen family uh Great feedback from last week. Kane Johnson, what a great uh, story that was. Hard-nosed player, champion dual premiership, player for Adelaide, uh, Richmond captain, but now has reinvented himself. I think it was a great uh, a great thing to think about how you can reinvent yourself. And, and Kane was one of those guys that went over to China uh, for the listeners last week with his mate who was dying with cancer and fell in love with the, the way of living over there and, and the culture that he br- brought it back. He does a lot of great work in the uh, health area uh, for men. So he hit the nail beautifully, Kane. And this week, Jack, unfortunately, it's a bit of a... Well, not fortunate. We've got Paul Sitzler on. Um, he's the leading... I'll get this right. Collectoral... Colorectal. Colorectal surgeon in Australia. Yeah. So... If, and, and bowel cancer is one of the, the leading um, killers of, of men. Uh, especially over the age of 50, but anyone can get it. Uh, females can get it as well, but men over 50 are more susceptible. And it's close to my heart, Jack, because my great mate, uh, late Trevor Barker, who all football followers would know that he was an outstanding player, great mark, uh, very selfless, very loyal, and was also a very good coach at Sandringham after he retired. He coached two flags there in 92, 94. Then he became assistant coach under Stan Elves in my last year. And I'm really good mates with him. I, I took over the captaincy from Barks and we ended up really good mates. We love fishing together. Every October we go up to Hamilton Island. I used to fish for the trout, but he loved the big sea, you know, the, the big the big coral trouts up there. And we used to have an absolute ball. He used to love the simple things in life. He loved his cricket. He loved beach cricket. And he was a health fanatic, Jack. He... Um, was was one of the first guys that I knew, and I called him a bit of a, a bit of a wanker about it. Actually, <laughs> soya milk. Yep. And he didn't have too much meat. He loved his fish. He loved his vegetables. He loved his salads. He wasn't a big drinker. Uh, a lot of people knew him as a party boy. Yeah, he was a good-looking rooster and and did quite well for himself. But unfortunately for Barks, he was one of those stubborn persons that because he was a health fanatic, he didn't read the signs. He was he was passing some blood. Uh, through the bowel, and he thought it was an ulcer. And this happened for about six weeks, and he had indigestion. He thought, oh, it'll pass. And unfortunately for Trevor, by the time he went to his GP, who then put him on to a, um, uh, what's the surgeon's name again? Colorectal. Colorectal surgeon. They said, yep, we, we they did a colonoscopy. It didn't look good. They opened him up, and it was far too late. It got outside the bowel. And it was in his lover, liver and his lungs and basically died after that operation probably four months after that. Lost, wow. a, lost a hell of a lot of weight. Um, coached in 95 and coached right up to two weeks before he died. And he lost a hell of a lot of weight. His eyes went yellow and you could see... And he never once put his hand up and said, I'm dying, Spud, or to his mates, um, I'll get better. But he knew deep down there was it was no coming back from that. So 
It was just a great um, tragedy to see a guy who was in the prime of his life die at the age of 39. Would have been would have been the next St Kilda coach after Stan Alves left. He was a predecessor. Uh, he had it all ahead of him. And unfortunately, like most males, Jack, and that's why we've got this show on, we want to open the conversation up and we want to get the, the conversation started about a whole range of issues. And unfortunately... Unfortunately, we've got to use Trevor Barker as an example. If if you've got some signs, you can readily get them treated. Well, it's not just um, Trevor's the the case study in a way tonight. But we spoke about Teddy Whitten a couple of That's weeks right. ago with the EJ yep. Whitten Foundation. Another one that yep. was um, strong, stubborn, oh. d- just didn't want to do anything about it, and thought he was ten foot tall and bulletproof, and it was too late. The, on that, I know it's a to lose a mate's horrendous. Yeah. Um, was it a, for you and, and a lot of the St Kilda boys, was it a learning experience about understanding that, you know what, sometimes I've got symptoms and, and I, I actually need to do something about nah, it? No, it was. It, it certainly was. I was I was lucky enough to speak at his funeral, which was quite emotional. I've never seen a crowd like it at Moorabbin. Um, Moorabbin Town Hall, they packed it out. They did a lap of honour around Moorabbin. I must admit, after probably that next six months, we all sat down and thought, gee, um, how are you going, mate? You know, everything okay. If someone's crook, you'd ring them up. You know, get to the doctor. And, and But what happens, unfortunately, in society, you slowly slip back into your, not your selfish mode, but you're busy, you're on the treadmill of life, you you got your kids, you got this, you got that. And we forgot to get it, you know, you forget to get a health check. So that's one thing we want this show to understand. If you, if you don't know what to give your partner, your uncle, your brother, your mate, give him a, 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 a health check. Every 12 months, a week after his birthday, and we're talking a full-on health check, where this one, the FOB test, and we'll talk to Paul later on, you can get to Chemist Warehouse, especially if you're over 50, and he'll talk about you're more susceptible at that age, and I'm not getting into the into his area, but he'll talk about the fact that you are more susceptible over 50 because of the way your, your body changes a little bit. And you can go to Chemist Warehouse, get the FOB test, and one thing, and Paul will talk about, the government have done extremely well. Anyone over over the age of 50, gets sent to them, to their house, a fob test. And basically what it is, Jack, um, you just get a, a little um, uh, thing out of the um, the envelope. You've got a, a test tube there. You go to the toilet. You get a little sample of your, of your bowel movement. You put that in a jar, and they'll come back two weeks later, yay or nay. And if it's nay, and, and Paul will say that later on, you go and get a colonoscopy. And if it's really serious, you get ba- a, a bowel um, operation, and if it's inside the bowel, you're still fine. It's one of the few cancers you can actually treat and have a mm. full recovery with, and that's why it's so important in this show, Jack, to to use Trevor Barker as an example, who was a fitness fanatic. That's the sad part about it. He wasn't a guy that burnt the candle on both ends. He was super uh, good-looking rooster, but loved his body in good shape, and he, he was very mindful of what in, went inside. So that is the theme for tonight. Bowel cancer in particular. Paul Sitzler, colorectal surgeon, is going to join us on the other side of the break. Emily Braybron and Rob oh. Code, our old favourites, will also join us. That's all coming up on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. Alone, as always, it is thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Bud, we've still got plenty to come 
Great chat about Trevor Barker, uh, someone that yeah. you know very well. We've got some great correspondence coming through yeah. already, but thought it was a terrific opportunity to have an expert in the field join us, Paul Spot Sitzler, a colorectal surgeon. is in the studio with us, Paul. Hello. G'day, boys. Uh, thanks for having good me, evening. Jack and Danny. Yeah, good evening, Paul. Really appreciate your time. I know you're extremely busy man and we've got this show and I know I've gave you a little bit of feedback about it but one the seriousness of um, uh, you know obviously bowel cancer and two more importantly how preventable it can be especially for males getting that age bracket so what is the the sort of the average of a, of a male when we start when we should start checking um, if we've got some issues well, look, uh, Danny, uh, bowel cancer can affect anyone at yeah. any age. I mean, the the youngest patient I've treated is 17 years of age. Wow. So you've got to be very careful in ignoring symptoms. The, the incidence of colorectal cancer does rise significantly after 50 years of age. But... Why is that? Well, it's... it's the. The colonic epithelium, which is the cell that causes bowel cancer, um, it it divides regularly, um, and the cells need to to uh, divide their nucleus, and the chances of getting a mistake in that nuclear cell division, sort of, it's a time wise thing. Yep. There's there's factors such as a diet, etc., and the the bowel cancer starts off as a, as a sort of rogue cell mm. that uh, comes from the bowel lining. So you get a, a mistake in a cell that uh, is, a, is like a cell line that causes a, that creates a polyp. And then you get further mistakes over several years and you develop a bowel cancer. So you, the cell gets more and more roguish and then uh, starts to invade its own tissues and invade mm. the bowel wall and then has a potential to spread. And that is, a, it is an age-related phenomenon, but if you have a genetic disorder, it's going to present much earlier in your life. So you're talking about hereditary. So if you've got um, ancestors, fathers, uncles, grandfathers, you should actually you know, get that checked. Yeah, if you've got a family history of bowel cancer, it, it doubles your risk of okay. developing bowel cancer. Yep. Now, the, the risk in Australia... Australia's probably got one of the highest uh, incidence of bowel cancers in the world. Is that because of our diet or well, just because? Yeah, I think it is mainly diet. Um, it's, it's hard to know. It's hard to study diet because, as you can imagine, you get a group of people yeah. and you ask what they eat and it's, mm. the information is not great. But we think a diet high in animal fats yep. and some alcohols is high risk for bowel okay. cancer. So the old beer and burger diet, Danny, is not, mm. not, not, not a good one if you're worried about bowel cancer. Paul, I'll admit I eat a lot of yeah. red meat, a lot of, lot of steak. And you're on a some, bit of a, low, other, a high protein yeah, diet Yeah, and, and some different sort of meats. Is there, so it's a bit of a broad question, but how much is too much? I mean, you, you just, you've heard that and off sort of immediately well, look, my ears have pricked up a little bit, yeah. Yeah, look, everything in moderation, of course, yep. Jack, but um, really... Um, if you if you're eating meat all the time, and particularly fatty meat and processed meat, yeah, that's not a diet you want to eat if you want to avoid bowel cancer. Now, look, it's not an all or none thing. Yeah. I mean, you can have your, you can have your burger, you know, every week or so, yeah. the old sausage sizzle at Bunnings, maybe. Mm. But 
Um, you want to have a diet that's high in uh, vegetables and high in fibre. That's protective. Yeah. We think. I mean, it's mm. safe. And the fish, levels of fish is okay. aren't high here. So fish? Fish is, is good. It's, yeah. it's low fat. Um, and as, the other thing is aspirin can be protective, we've found in studies. Mm. So uh, low-dose aspirin once a day can reduce the chance of polyps and subsequently bowel cancer. Mm. And as I said, we you know we talked uh, before you come on, Paul, about our great mate and one of my great mates, the late great Trevor Barker. And unfortunately, um, for the people listening out there, he just didn't read the signs. He he was a fitness fanatic, you know. He loved his soy milk and had a lot of fish and didn't be. He just it, it was a little bit hereditary, unfortunately. He was treating it as an ulcer, and uh, he was passing some blood. Didn't read the signs, and unfortunately, when he went to the Went to the uh, the doctor and the surgeon. By the time they had a look, it was all too late. It was in his organs. Yeah, I mean, we want to. I'm 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 a surgeon, so I get to cut the tumours out. Yep. So what we want to see is early stage, so it's easy to cut it out, easy to get around it, and cut it out cleanly, and remove the the subsequent lymph nodes, which yep. which are draining tissue, which the the cancer cell. Usually, that's the first port of call of a yep. pan, uh, cancer cell going from the bowel wall to the lymph node. We want to get that cleanly, and most times we can join the bowel together. Obviously, mm. there are a few yeah. exceptions where we can't join the bowel again uh, together and you end up with a stoma, but they're few and far between. Mm. And that's one of the reasons that the Australian government have started this bowel cancer screening project Being at great. the age of 50, to, get, to pick up cancers and to pick them up early because... At the moment, the survival rate uh, or the cure rate, if you like, of bowel cancer is about 70%. Yeah, that's great. If we can pick it up early, it can go up. We can push it up to 90%. Oh, wow. So that, that's a significant, it's a significant health issue. Bowel cancer um, occurs in about one in 14 Australians. Mm. And there's going to be 17,000 new cases of bowel cancer recorded this year. You're from yeah. the country. That's basically a moderate-sized country town. It certainly is. So it's it's a big health issue. Yeah, and the and the thing about it, Jack, and you're not into that 50 age bracket yet. Um, the government actually send you uh, a bowel cancer kit, which is outstanding. And yeah. that was the first time I got a check. So I thought, gee, if this is something that uh, the government put on, and obviously Chemist Warehouse, you can get bowel um, checks. You just go in there, and you've you you know it's quite simple. Yeah, and the it's, so-called FOB test. That's right, the FOB it. test, and uh, the results come back yay or nay. Yep. And if there's there is something there, if you get it early enough, as you said, you can quite get easily that uh, percentage up from seventy to ninety quite yep. quickly. Hopefully, by obviously us talking about it and and being in the you know front of mind. Well, that's what we're pushing for. We're yeah. pushing for early stage means much likelihood of cure, and um, you know that's what we want. Mm. So if you've got a fo positive FOB test, the in that's an indication to have a colonoscopy. Yeah. And the colonoscopy is really the diagnostic test for bowel cancer. Yep. It's not a scary procedure. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've got to have a bowel prep. It's got to, you've got to clean the bowel. But it's a safe procedure. It's not scary. It's a day procedure. And then you know for sure what, what yep. whether you've got a clean bowel or not. So you don't have to necessarily go in and get a, a colonoscopy the first Porter calls the FOB test, yeah. Or, exactly. or should should males, if they want to, just have a have a peace of mind 
go and get a colonoscopy? Well, see, the FOB test is a screening test, so it assumes you don't have any symptoms. Okay. If you've got any symptoms, um, significant symptoms, you must have a you must go yep. in for a check to your doctor. Yep. And if your doctor's sufficiently concerned, then you should have a colonoscopy. I, I don't want to put figures on it, but how many how many people, uh, in your opinion, um, probably haven't read the signs and then it's become too late. Like, is there a percentage there? Like, we don't want to talk about the negatives, but we probably need to give the the listener a little bit of a, a jolt that, that, you know, if they're, they're thinking about doing it, just go and do it. But what, what are the percentages? Well, I mean, that 30% that we talk about that we can't cure, often they're the ones that either ignore their symptoms. The big, the, the one of the things that I see is the two-card trick, that the man thinks he's got hemorrhoid bleeding. Yep. He think, oh, well, this is hemorrhoids. And, and yep. I ask him questions, and it's exactly hemorrhoidal bleeding. Yep. You, then you look inside his rectum, and he has a rectal cancer. Yeah, wow. So, you, ca- you know, you, you can easily ascribe it to hemorrhoids, so you, but you've got to be very careful. Mm. So any bleeding really should be checked out, um, at least by assessing the rectum, yep. uh, sometimes extending that on to a colonoscopy to be sure. Paul Sitzler joins us in the yeah. studio here on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. More on the other side of this. We're going to talk about some of the, the symptoms, I guess, and what we should be yeah. looking for and then how we act from yeah. there. I think the message coming loud and clear yeah. so fast, but is don't think, act. That's if, right. if, if there's any concerns whatsoever, act. And we're going to talk Spot more on. about this on the other side of the break. It's No Man Should Ever Walk Alone, and it's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. This is No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the home of real fragrances. Spud, Emily Braybron and Rob Code still to join us yep. before we finish up. Paul Sitzler, colorectal surgeon, is our special guest in the studio. Yeah, and Paul... <laughs> We really appreciate your time. We know you're an extremely busy man. You've you've obviously been consulting this morning and, and had a um, hopefully a lot of successful operations this afternoon, so we're not going to keep you too much longer. But what are some of the symptoms out there for us stubborn men? Because we're, we're stoic, we're stubborn. Yeah, we, we've got a bit of bleeding there, but it'll pass over. What what, do you, what are you saying to the men out there that are listening right now What or, or their partners, for example? Is it just get a... Maybe a health check once a year, and then at least that doctor, if you're over 50, the doctor's going, mate, you need one of these as well. Is it look, simple what, as that? Yeah, or look, 40 what, even? What I tell my patients is uh, symptoms. Any bleeding should be checked out. Yep. Particularly if bleeding is darker blood yep. mixed in with the poo, Yep. it's got to be checked out with a colonoscopy. So bleeding is, yep. is number one number symptom. One. Any abdominal pain that, you know, we all, we all get abdominal t- pain from time to time, but abdominal pain that you can't explain and it's persistent mm. needs to be checked out. Um, any any weight loss that doesn't seem to have, have an explanation mm. uh, needs to be checked out. Um, and any what we call alteration in bowel habits. Most of us are pretty regular. You know, we go to the loo yep. once a day, usually in the morning. Yep. If all of a sudden it changes, you feel as though... Your bowel's not emptying properly, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or, or your bowel habit just changes completely. That needs to be checked out. They're the main symptoms we're talking about. 
So again, we spoke about this yeah. before the break. It's the the moral of the story yeah. here, Paul, is don't pardon the pun, don't yeah. sit on this one basically. Yeah. Do something about it immediately. Yeah, well I mean I've recently treated a treated a youngish man who had classic hemorrhoidal symptoms. We did a colonoscopy. Lo and behold he's got hemorrhoids. Okay. But uh, about ten CMs above that is a is a rectal tumour. Okay. So that's yeah, so you you're talking yeah, if you have got some bleeding there, you might think it's a it's a hemorrhoid or yeah, or, or an ulcer or something like that. Be, don't be sucked but, into things it's yeah, a hemorrhoid. You've got okay. to get checked out. And and as I said, it's simple even for as I said, I know that over fifties you the government actually send out your 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 um envelope for the yeah. FOB test, but Chemist Warehouse um do a great job in having those FOB FOB kits so you can go home and have peace of mind. Paul, just tell us about the screening process yeah. as well, because Spud yeah. touched on it earlier. There's been a lot of work from the the federal government going into this. Yeah, yeah so a small amount of small amount of st- stool is collected. Um, it's put put into a to a jar, um, and it it changes it changes colour. Um, it's immune test now. It's very sensitive, um, and you you can get up to three stool tests if any of those is mm. positive. Yep. You should have a colonoscopy. Now, remember, screening is generally for people who don't have symptoms. So we're targeting the the, the yep. people who have no symptoms. They're going about their business. They do a stool test. Lo and behold, it's positive, and you can pick up early cancers that way. And that's 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 the way for us to increase the survival rate in it, this condition. It must be a rewarding job. Um, Saving people's lives, obviously, you know, you can't get much better job than that, Jack. The, how, how do a lot of the bowel cancer patients after an operation, how the, the recovery rate, um, obviously, if it's successful inside the bowel, is it is it too easy for me to say if the, the bowel cancer gets outside the bowel by the time you operate, you're in a bit of trouble? Well, if you, as a bowel surgeon, you can you can you can cure people who have cells that go to nearby lymph nodes because yep. we we take the bowel plus that that package that yep. includes the lymph nodes, so that's potentially curative. However, if the cell gets into the bloodstream and goes to the liver and the lungs, mm. that's not curative from a surgeon's point of view. Yep. We still can cure those cases if we can resect tumours that that lodge yep. in the, the liver and the lungs. Yep. But from my point of view, as a colorectal surgeon. You want patients who who is either confined to the bowel yep. wall or perhaps involving some lymph nodes. So the guy, the the the, the guys and females can get it as well. Um, if it's confined to the bowel, what, what's the recovery rate like, and what what symptoms do they have after after that? Yeah, well, you come in for your major surgery. We usually do it with minimally invasive surgery these days, which cuts down on the pain and uh, quickens up the recovery rate. So you're so, not. It's not a huge. It's not a big incision, yep. so it's a bit easier yep. to recover. The bowel recovers a bit quicker, and so you're out of hospital usually between five and six days yep. these days after bowel surgery. Um, it's still a major operation, so your energy levels are cut down mm-hmm. for up to six weeks. Yep. But once you hit the six week mark, you should be back to reasonable energy levels mm-hmm. and back to normal. As far as the extent of what you take out, obviously you can imagine. The longer length of bowel you take out, the more likely you are to have bowel changes after the surgery. Uh, so most patients that I operate on, if you don't take a, a big segment out, there's not a lot of changes to your bowel habits afterwards. When we start talking about rectal surgery, where we take the rectum out, 
that certainly has an impact in the way your bowels mm. function. Paul, thank you so much yeah, for joining well us. Your knowledge Appreciate has been terrific. It. And Appreciate again, this show is all about looking after each other, Spud. Well, Jack, you and I, you know, after a couple of years of this show, we're going to be we're going to be probably assisting Paul, maybe, uh, or, or probably not. But Paul, please do not let Spud anywhere near one of your operating theatres, please. We're Promise me that much. Knowl- I should have said we're becoming yeah. very knowledgeable. Yes, we are. Yeah. And hopefully- Thanks a lot, Paul. No worries. And hopefully everyone else is at the same time. Paul Sitzler joining us, colorectal surgeon here on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. You're listening to No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Try the new CR7 by Cristiano Ronaldo, 100 mils for just $39.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Yeah, fresh to you smell tonight. Yeah, I I smell very fresh, but not as fresh as our next (laughs) guest uh, from the original boot camp, Emily Brabon. Good evening, Emily. Hey, boys. How are you? We're going well. We've just had one, one of Jack Heverin's protein cookies, and I must admit, they are outstanding. They really do hit the spot, don't they? And they save you a bunch of bunch of calories, bunch of fat. I, I loved them. They're very yeah. easy to make. Um, and the Protein Bread Company, fantastic for uh, for sending us out some goodies, Spud, to bake up. Uh, they are brilliant. I'm going to try the muffins, Em, because the muffins cookies were very good. I think I want to have a crack at the muffins this week. Yeah. Um, Chief makes me the muffins because puts his little penny on, gets in the kitchen, makes me some muffins. He adds in some mustard and some ham and just rocks my world. Oh, beautiful. And what about um, you run this week or next week? Next week. Okay. And you're not running the same race as Chief? No. He, you know what? I reckon he's scared. Yeah, I reckon he, he is too. He switched to a different race so that he didn't have to face me. Uh, no. arch nemesis. We look forward to hearing the results. You'll take him apart, run. Em. We've got no doubt about that. Now, Em, tonight yeah. we've, we've been lucky to get leading surgeon uh, Paul Sitzler. Um, we were talking about bowel cancer and all things that uh, happened with bowel cancer. And he was saying, uh, just before you've come on, is the fact of our diet, especially men aged between 40 and 70, we've got to be very careful. We use some of the things we put in, in balance. So what are the some of the things we should be not avoiding, but not eating a lot of? Just keeping in moderation. You want to keep your sodium levels very moderate. You want to keep your cholesterol um, to a good point. Um, and that's just about avoiding things like saturated fats, like the bad fats, like fried foods and you know, all of that really fatty meat. So if you can get leaner steaks and leaner meats, they're better for you because I'm never going to tell a guy not to eat meat. Mm. And, and what does in moderation mean? We hear it mm. a lot. That's right. But what, what is it, you know, to Once be a, a bit more expansive yeah. on it, yeah, what does that mean? I think a lot of people now, portion distortion is, is one of the biggest things. You, you hear it in um, TV commercials all the time. People saying, you know, help you to feel fuller for longer. You should never feel full. It's, it's one of the biggest mistakes that us as humans and greedy people make. You shouldn't feel full. You should feel content with okay. what you've eaten. Um, there's nothing wrong with feeling hungry. Okay. No, it's a very good point. So, yeah. and, and obviously, um, but fish is very good. That's a, that's a good part of protein, isn't it? You fish get more protein out of fish, can't you? Yeah, there's some great cuts of, of, of fish you can have. Um, and although some of them you might think, you know, higher in fat, things like salmon and that kind of stuff, it's all good fat. That's the stuff you need. So it's it's much better for you to have fish, white meats, that kind of stuff, than red meat. So if you are looking to cut down on, you know, that the circumference around your waist or just to look after your insides a bit better, then cut down on red meat a little bit. 
just replace it with some corks or some fish or that kind of stuff because it does digest easier and it does have less fat so that you're not going to have to deal with all the cholesterol, the sodium and the horrible aftermath that you have with higher fattier foods. Paul was also talking about and and what you're talking about there with you know the hamburger and a lot of alcohol. So he's saying, look, if you're going to have it, it's got to be once every couple of weeks. And he said drinking alcohol in excess, and I didn't realise this, that uh, you're more susceptible to getting bowel cancer as well. What what would be the thinking behind that? Obviously, you know, drinking too much alcohol is not good anyway, but mm. obviously it, it affects bowel cancer. We'll just break it down to something really simple. The easiest way to think about it is if there's alcohol in your blood, your body isn't going to burn fat. Okay. It's going to look for the alcohol first. It's going to burn the sugars. It's going to burn uh, that kind of stuff. But not to mention that your body will become reliant on something like alcohol because it is addictive. I always tell um, my clients when they're coming off the back of a transformation or they're trying to make a change like that is have a glass of water, then have a drink. You don't need to back each drink up back to back. You know, If you put a glass of water in between each drink, or a soda water or something like that, then you're just going to water that down. It's just going to be a lot easier for your body to digest it and to look after it. And one thing that uh, I'm hearing a lot more of and reading a lot more of is the way that we cook our food. I think gone are, almost gone are the days of the big, massive chunks of oil that you cook with everything. I, I can think back to when I was young and it was quite common. You get those big square blocks of oil and that's how you would cook your, your, your chips and everything in. Um, coconut oil. And coconut, anything in, it, from a coconut sort of extract like that that's used to cook in, how common is that becoming? You know, coconut oil is pretty good. It says avocado oil, all those kinds of things, macadamia nut oil, that kind of stuff. But a lot of people seem to think that, um, and I just think it's a common mistake, that olive oil is bad. Olive yep. oil is actually fantastic for making sure that you're keeping all your cholesterol levels and your fat in check. It's very good for that. You just have to make sure, like I said before, you're not using it in excess. You don't want to you pour it all into a saucepan and then fry your chips up. You might want to just sprinkle a bit on some sweet potato, put it in the oven, and then enjoy that as your chips rather than deep frying something. Emma, just before we let you go, we mentioned some of the work that you're doing um, with a lot of celebrities at the yeah. moment, and there's some transformations coming that you can't tell us yet, but we're going to find yeah. out. We're going to get it out of you sooner or later. <laughs> We're going to get it out of you sooner rather than later. But how do they go? Because Spud and I, with work, we travel a lot. Yep. And I find at the moment that I'm on this uh, eating plan that we've discussed. Yeah. For six of the seven days, it's perfect. I can eat everything yeah. that I'm told to eat, when I eat it, down to the mm. weighing it, measuring the whole works. But I've got that one day of the week where I travel for an interstate yep. game and I find it hard. How do some of the celebrities go juggling that? You know what? It's actually not so bad. You're probably putting a lot of guilt on yourself for that one day. But six days of eating really well and, and looking after your body and then just having a day where you just make a few, let's call them looser decisions, doesn't matter. As long as you're not going, you know, hell for leather, this is the last thing I'm ever going to eat. Um, it doesn't matter. It's good for you. You've made me feel better. Oh, well done, Emily. Not only has Em come on yeah. and given us good advice, she's made me feel better. Calming influence. <laughs> That's why we get you on, Em. You've got that motherly influence yeah, to us, Em. That's fantastic. Hey, um, good luck with the run. I think we. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we'll get to have a chat to you for a couple of weeks. So good luck with the run. Thank and you. we want to hear all about it when you get back. Absolutely. Emily Brave so joining Emily. us on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. We'll come back and wrap things up with Robbie Code on the other side of this.
No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. Great to have your company on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It is thanks, as always, to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Spud, we've spoken about the nutritional yep. side of living. Now we want to talk about the physical side of living. Rob Code from Travel Fit 360 joins us on the line. Robbie, hello. Yeah, how you going, guys? We're going well, Robbie. We're, we're just talking about um, when you get an injury, if it's a lower leg, and a lot of people just say, gee, all I, all I want to do is run. And then all of a sudden, you know, they may have to have an ankle operation or in my case, when I was playing Achilles. And you just let yourself go because there's other things you can do to, to get your cardio up, isn't there? Because a lot of people say, oh, no, that's that's just my genre. But And then when you get to go back to running or, you know, riding or whatever, you're just exhausted. It takes you so long to get back because you haven't exercised your your lungs. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's like any, any injury, especially a lower leg injury, once you've gone to see your treating doctor, physio, chiro, whatever your treating person is, it's ideal to try to keep your, get your heart rate up and, and keep some form of conditioning program going so you don't lose that conditioning. As you said, going back just hurts so much. So options, there is options that you can do to obviously uh, you know, prevent the impact of making your injury or your rehab worse is Things like uh, uh, boxing, even if you're sitting down, you're yep. sitting in a chair and boxing and you have a bag in front of you or a trainer that can hold pads for you. So boxing's a great way to obviously get enough body workout, but to ele- elevate your heart rate and, and it's going to assist with your your, uh, your conditioning. Battling ropes is another one. Yes. You guys have used those battling yep. ropes They're before. They're great. Yeah, uh, that'll be my number one go-to. It's just yeah, the battling ropes are incredible. Any listeners out there, just get on the Google box and and search for bat, uh, battle ropes or battling ropes. And uh, so if you do have a, a lower leg injury, once again you can do that sitting in a chair or if you can standing up. And on a lot of the the knee uh, you know, surgeries that you have, they, the, the, the uh, surgeon will encourage you to continue walking or to do something almost straight away. So if you can stand, battling ropes are perfect for your conditioning and maintaining your fitness anyway. Become a uh, become a very important mm. piece of equipment in gyms in the last four or five years, Robbie, the battle ropes, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they've been around for a long time. Uh, a guy in the US, I believe, um, invented the battling ropes, John Brookfield. And, uh, yeah, he's a um, he's like one of those world, uh, you, know, uh, you know, those uh, powerlifter guys, oh, yeah. uh, strong man, strong man competition guy. He's a huge guy. He's got a big white beard. But, uh, yeah, he invented that many, many years ago. And it's only the last year, as you said, about five years, five to ten years, the Battle battle Ropes have really launched in Australia and very popular in all the gyms these days. Yeah, they're good. How can they, in terms of actually using them, for those uh, tuning in tonight who have probably seen them at the gym or maybe picked them up and thought, what do I actually do here? What's a what's a nice sort of basic way to use it? Is it sort of like 15 on, 15 off for, for five or six minutes? Just a couple of different mm. workouts and the way that you can use them. Yeah, battle ropes are great. Yeah, as you said, any sort of time on, obviously, depends. Like if you're a beginner, you could start with a 15-second or a 10-15 second round and, and match it. So if you go 15 seconds on, flat out, and then 15 seconds off, and repeat that four to six sets and then change different type of exercise, or more advanced guys, you can just add more time. Simple as that. 30 seconds on, 10 seconds rest. It's a lot harder ratio. And, uh, yeah, just keep, keep yourself accountable mm. with, a, with a clock or a trainer. 
And, um, yeah, ropes can be used in all sorts of ways. But, uh, yeah, battle ropes, there's lots of programming on, online these days. So if anyone not sure how to use it and looking for a low-impact exercise mm. to get your heart rate up, Google that one as well. And there's plenty of programs on, online. Can they be used as a warm-up yeah. or is it the sort of thing that you want to use towards the middle or the back end of a, of a workout? Oh, it is low-impact. But saying that, you still want to do some form of joint mobility workout for your upper body prior to getting into the battle ropes. I'd say uh, early to middle and definitely the end as a finisher as well. So something like that, you can come in and out. So you can go something more of uh, a low-intensity exercise as an active recovery and then go back to the battle rope and go absolutely flat out again, everything you've got. So, yeah, it's good. Just finally, the other question we've got in terms of uh, workouts and things that you can do while you're recovering from injuries, operations, etc. swimming, the, the cardiovascular benefits in swimming are just, are just insanely good. Um, is, it, is it still as popular perhaps as what it was maybe 15 years ago? Yeah, it is. Yeah, a lot of people use water for exercise therapy and it's a perfect way to so, You've got minimal, very minimal impact and no impact, and species can float in the water. But yeah, using water as resistance, you know, putting your arms through it, just simply walking through the water if you if you can walk. Obviously, it depends on your injury, but yeah, water is uh, it's been around forever, and everyone's used it for for rehab at some form of time. And it's probably the number one thing to use. A lot of people haven't got a, you know, the convenience of a pole, and that's when you could relate it back to the battling ropes, boxing. Um, even just simply moving your arms, just, you know, in yeah. and out, in and yeah. out, flat out, like a jumping jack, but you're sitting down. Jack's down. all over the uh, the ropes, Robbie. They, they're great. The, I, yeah, love I know, but I can. <laughs> the, you should see the guns on him, mate. <laughs> He's got. He is packing something at the moment. Well, I couldn't do any. I couldn't do anything with my lower oh. body for seven months. So, uh, so it sort of just happened. But no, they're great, Robbie. The battle ropes. He could walk oh, on his them. arms. <laughs> That's not true, Robbie. As always, great to have you on the program, mate. We'll catch you again soon. Thanks, boys. Take care. Rob Coe joining us from Travel Fit 360. If you, you know, Travel Fit 360, if you're thinking about an end-of-year yep. sort of holiday, but you want to do a bit of exercise exactly. at the same time, they are sensational. You go with mates, you work out for about one or two hours, you do a bit of surfing, go and have a long seafood lunch, a couple of Chardonnays, a bit of a snooze, go out and have a couple of frothies with your mates again and do it all again the next day. I was interested to read... Um, an article on Sean McKernan from, yes. from Essendon during the weekend. He did something similar. So he knew that he was he was a pretty fit dude, and he's yep. a pretty cut operator. Big, yeah. big rooster. But he knew that he needed to go to the next step. So yep. whenever all of the players went on the off-season and went to Vegas and went wherever <laughs> and had a blowout, he went to Bali for 10 days and did a CrossFit 10-day CrossFit camp, yep. and, and now have a look at him. Well, I must admit, Sean was at St Kilda. Um, before he went to Essendon. And I must admit, the first day I saw him, I thought he's not going to make it. Yeah. Because when you turn up at a club, you've got to be at least elite at something. His long distance running was, he was way, he was last, basically. And I thought, gee, he's got some athletic prowess, but he's got to get fitter. Yeah. And it's great to hear stories such as that. And, and not only that, for the weekend warrior, get out there right now, because this is the time, July, August, where you snuggle up, you put the extra layer on, and you're not not only putting an extra layer on your clothing, you're putting it on your skin as well. And uh, I'm a good testament to that at the moment. So I want to make sure when the sun comes out in October, Jackie boy, that I can at least uh, you know jog around a little bit instead of waddling around. That's how much you've changed. We had breakfast after the show this morning, what and I have? Uh, you had a green tea. What else? And no bread. No with bread. Your eggs. 
Just eggs. You're on a mission. Yeah, I'm on a mission. It's great to see. Once I'm on it, mate, I'm on it. We're back next week. Big thank you to all of our guests. Don't forget, you can podcast this in every single episode, yes. sen.com.au, and you can also jump online. And a big thank you again to Chemist Warehouse. And you know what I'm going to do, Jack, for you and Marcus? I'm going to bring in a couple of bottles of Cristiano Ronaldo for you and Marcus next week. What, the CR7? Yep, because you want to smell like me, I can tell. Marcus in particular. <laughs> something he probably needs to work on. I uh, very good. We're back next week. Thanks for joining us here on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone.